All right, it's the bubble, episode 6.5. Levels are loud. Levels are loud. Levels are I was, quieter. How are my levels? Because you just, you went in on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I went in. I, so we've, we've, uh, we've gotten off to a hot start uh, already <laughs> with the mics like what off. What just happened was you saw like a big body of water that you thought was going to be great and just jumped in in it. And uh-huh. then when you're in, you're like, oh my God, this is cold. This is cold. It it goes opposite of the hot, cold thing. But you, right. you didn't think it all the way through. And no. then you got in the water. You're like, okay. But now well, we're in. Well, so what usually, happens, what usually happens is we spend the best part of our conversation with the mics off. And then when we turn the mics on, we're, we're just rehashing points. <laughs> so I figured, you know, today we, we turn the mics on. Montana Samuels, I'm Mike Bonner, and this is The Bubble. <laughs> Bubble, episode 6.5, we're here. We're, uh, we're talking about social media, we're talking about Parkland, Mike can't hear in the headphones. I don't know if I can even hear in the headphones, frankly. I'm good now. Okay. Mike, introduce this topic for, for the listeners. Social media. Right. What, what a- <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe the water was a little too cold. <laughs> no, I think social media is such a fascinating topic to me because I think it the future of it is really unknown because I don't know if social media itself is known. I saw a tweet uh, from, I think it was Patton Oswalt, the comedian, uh, yesterday, and he pointed to the NRA tweeting about Leslie Nope, who is the famous character from Parks and Rec, right. and then Ted Cruz uh, talking about The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And it, he theorized that it's the the right or conservative beliefs trying to tap into this young audience. Right. And whether that's true or not, I, I find that interesting and because... As we talked about, I believe last episode or something, we have this this young group of citizens who right. are not going to wait for things to change. They're the age of we're the age. We don't yeah. need to talk about yeah. they are. We are the age of Twitter now. I need to know the updates now. You know, right. the Olympics are happening tomorrow because in America we are one technically a day behind, but we know what's happening right now. We don't yep. have to wait till the prime time to know. We know what's happening right now. Right. Um, so I think it's led to this interesting cause, and we had this idea prior to uh, the, the heartbreaking events that happened in Parkland, but we see these hashtags developing. We see um, movements happening because of social media. I don't think it's necessarily recent. You look at New Bedford, Charlie Perry becomes a mayoral candidate because, largely because, uh, I will say not, he didn't become a candidate. He became mm-hmm. a contender right. through social media. And then we see John Mitchell respond his second half after the primary was all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Right. He was he was using that, and I followed him through you know a lot of the campaign, and that was a big selling point for him was Instagram, social media. That's how we're going to win, and he won easily right. because of social media. So I wonder, you go beyond that, be past that. Bernie Sanders, a lot yep. of became a legitimate presidential candidate because of social media. So I wonder how this alters going in the future because we were talking yesterday twitter really became a thing like it's been around for almost a decade right. but it became a thing where everyone is using it maybe 4 or 5 years ago now we see donald trump another twi- yeah get bernie sanders donald trump uh, twitter candidate twitter basically. candidate yeah. so how is this going to change or evolve or just not exist in the future right and so i think 
um, an interesting jumping off point that we we sort of hashed through yesterday was Parkland and how we've seen that the the kids who attend uh, the high school have sort of mobilized themselves through their use of Twitter. Um, all of the retweets, all of the likes, you're seeing people gravitate towards these young voices who are not only um, letting their voices be heard in a way that we haven't heard as quickly from victims of these shootings, but they're also using it to be uplifted by bigger voices and then make these appearances on Ellen or um, the CNN town halls or the White House talks that we've seen through the past week. I think that is something that people don't quite so maybe they don't quite grasp about social media in terms. So uh, someone who I, uh, a person I worked with in Mississippi, we were having our a Twitter discussion last night, and it was truly a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I retweeted uh, an AP story saying that you know students who were thinking of protesting or something would not colleges would not hold that against oh, them. Oh, that MIT, yes. yeah, yeah. So uh, the person from Mississippi then uh, responded to me and said. If I can find it really quick mm-hmm. here, um, the First Amendment counts just as much as the Second. Of course, it is the Second Amendment which gives the first force. No pun intended. And we right. got into a discussion after this. And as you said, these people are gaining—you know—their voices are gaining voices. And that was basically my point the entire time was the the First Amendment, which AKA freedom of speech, stands on its own because speech empowers speech. Right. You don't need anything. A government, and it was—it made me think. A government really provides amendment to beyond yeah you know a right to a trial and a government can open freedom it can allow freedom of speech but it can never really ban it it can put in right. it, it can put things into reasons why you shouldn't express your 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 freedom of right. speech but a, a government can't prevent you from thinking and promoting that thought whether publicly or within you know freedom to assemble in that right. sense and we're seeing these students now where 10 15 20 30 50 years ago right. their individual voice would have probably stopped in parkland or oh, at least in yeah. florida now you have these voices extending throughout the country and then lasting because yeah. a retweet is a powerful form of speech right. And it's extending the speech, and other people's speech are strengthening their speech. Well, and it's important. To, I think you you made a really important point by saying it's lasting, which we we've talked a lot about prior to recording the podcast. About is this instance different than shootings, primarily school shootings we've seen in the past? And if you look at the Google Analytics numbers, this truly is having a lot. There's a lot of staying power behind this movement that these kids have sort of curated, and it's. It's interesting to see because I, I'm a, just a general pessimist. So my initial reaction—you are—I'm yeah. I mean, I'm natural pessimist. My my immediate knee jerk reaction was this is no different. Like yes, there are young voices happening, but you look at you just look at the precedent that's been set, and you're like, are the people in power really going to listen to 17 year olds? talking passionately or are they going to nitpick the parts that they can nitpick apart but realistically you've seen there's been i mean the like we talked about the boycott nra hashtag is trending right now so not only are these things actually sticking around in the minds of people who are reading news or just thinking in general but it is you're seeing some impact in terms of brands 
pulling their uh, participation with the company in different venues. So. I think you've seen a form of democracy because what we you brought up the town hall, right? And I think it's a point that you had uh, Rubio, the senator mm-hmm. from yep. Rick Rubio, from the senator of uh, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio, not right. Ricky Rubio, not Ricky Rubio, <laughs> the, the point, point guard for yeah. the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I was like, when I said Rick, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but and that's why I initially said Rubio because I'm like, what is his first name? Right. But thank you, uh, Marco Rubio, uh, the senator from uh, Florida. Yep. And again, there was an exchange of ideas. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I the students didn't agree with him, and he didn't always see eye to eye with the students. But right. it was nice to see a politician answering to his constituency, whether if, they agreed, disagreed, or not. That's what's supposed to happen. And it is, felt organic too, right. right? So there, there was sort of this, these back and forths that weren't necessarily like. It wasn't cordial by any means. Right. Like it was intense, but it was not. It was like arguing with a friend or like discussing with a friend. It wasn't like just an anecdotal, um, like shouting back and forth. It right. was truly an exchange of ideas, and it started through social media. Again, right. these these kids probably don't get that. These citizens probably don't get that opportunity without a backing. And sure, they started with a few tweets, but then it's a retweet and it's a retweet, right. and they gain some notoriety. And I think. That's that was really interesting to see because I hope the country learns from that and we see town halls because that's really what is lacking because it's it's interesting to me I was watching that town hall and I'm watching Twitter too and I think there's a disconnect mm-hmm. because there's an awful lot of uh arguing on both sides of right. guns no guns yes guns guns in the middle what do we do right. and the crazy thing is we're looking to these politicians to create this legislation. We're acting like they are in control of us. And right. that's not true. If we, they have the right to do whatever they want because we picked them to do that. Exactly. If we don't like what they're doing, if we have what, what, you know, we've listened to what they said, this is what they're saying, then we have the power to take them out. We are not right. at their mercy. They are at our mercy. Right. And I just, that's true. And I, I just, that's not really by the means of what the political system has been set to by lack of participation right. and uh, just general, not ineptitude, but like a lack of understanding the power of which people have. I feel as if realistically in present day America, the politicians do have the power. And we've sort of seen this. I mean, yes, if you put pressure on them, things can happen, but it seems generally slow moving. No, would you agree? It does, and I, I think uh, it 100% is uh, slow-moving, and I think uh, we we have become living, we have turned ourselves into a society where we are at their mercy, but right. that's on us. Right. It's sort of like the, yeah, it's, I, in my general pessimism, part part of it stems from that very that very thinking, right? Where where we see these young voices coming, and I I just can't, I couldn't imagine like seventeen. And we we talk about the sort of racial undertones of America on this podcast a lot. Specifically, you look at Emma Gonzalez, who um, sort of became like the viral face of the people speaking up after the shooting. And one of the first things to me was, okay, you're petitioning these often like GOP politicians who have had sort of this like anti-immigrant, anti, 
um, Hispanic slant through a lot of their stuff. And it's like, okay, are they really going to listen to a seven-year-old Hispanic girl when she's seven? Is, what did I say? Seven. Oh, I said seven. You said seven. Seven, seventeen. This year is what old. happens when you jump in the water right. so quickly. Is you say seven, and Rick, you have the point <laughs> guard Rubio. for the Timberwolves, right. the well, the former point guard for the Timberwolves, the fo- being the the the, the right. senator from Florida. Emma, I'm sorry. Emma Gonzalez is seventeen, but really, it is sort of mind blowing because as I continue to do more research and follow the stories, it goes. It does seem like they're now. Then we have the when they went to Tallahassee and the legislators there just sort of immediately said no to what they were proposing. So we do sort of see this sort of back and forth of the voices are gaining steam, but are they gaining steam in a way that they can change policy? I think I'm going to quote a friend of the pod, Frederick Douglass. Oh yeah. Uh, He said, quote, power concedes nothing without demand. It never did. It never will. Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found out the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And I think if Emma doesn't speak out, we are then being, uh, we are conceding in this this whatever. Right. So I think that's that's where we believe the politicians have all of the power because we have conceded it to right. them. If we wrestle it back, which is speaking out whichever your view is, yep. then you live then then your representatives will will represent what right. you believe. But right now we don't we don't think that. Well and I think that's important to remember, right? So this is sort of the beginning. Right. I think a lot of people in the age of Twitter and everything being fast moving, they think you get trending you stay trending for like five days, then change should happen immediately. But realistically, this is the very, very start. And I uh, I can't remember the young man's name. I think it was at the CNN sort of town hall with Marco Rubio in which he said he was essentially willing to dedicate his the entirety of the rest of his life to dealing with these causes. And that's more of what, if you want to see change, right? And I'm not here to put any pressure to be the voice of America on... 17 year old kids but if that's the actual change you want to see happen with this policy and this legislation changing those are the types of commitments you need to make it's not about trending on twitter i mean sure you, and Lil but Pump i think can trend on twitter little pumps not changing gun laws right it needs to be right. a bigger thing but i and i but i think trending on twitter takes some you know to to even be in the news this long this i right. think you need you need to have something and i think they're they're not they're intelligent. You know, oh, yeah, they're, they're intelligent. So th- I think they know, you know, Martin Luther King. I think they know, sure. you know, the struggles that people went through in terms of changing changing yeah. something. I know we talked about it before, but I, I, I think they understand that this wasn't a, a mass shooting that came out of nowhere. This isn't the first one. Right. So they know that in the past, we, the United States government hasn't done anything to curb right. anything. So, the, I, I, yeah, I don't believe their voices are going to uh, to quiet anytime soon. Right. Well, well, it's it's interesting because it's they're the they're the loudest voices right now of a younger generation. Right. And well, what's refreshing is they're also intelligent voices. Generally, the loudest voices don't often mirror intelligence. But let me let me ask you um, one additional question, and then we can move forward into uh, more social media talk. I was I thought you were going to segue right into that, but go ahead. I have <laughs> um, I have a tweet saved right here. So let let me ask this: If the political climate of the moment wasn't so hyper um, observant, right? So everyone's kind of plugged into politics at an unusually high rate right Mm -hmm. now. And a lot of it has to do with the election of Donald Trump, things of this nature. 
do you think these voices would have the same amount of staying power? Like if Barack Obama I'm was going in to office. Challenge the basis of your question. Okay. Uh, and tie it right into social media. So I worked in Mississippi for four years. Right. Uh, and people often uh, criticized me or questioned me on Twitter because uh, actually there was a story. I lived in Starkville, Mississippi, and mm-hmm. the Clarion Ledger, the paper I wrote for, recently published a story where Starkville, Mississippi pro denied uh, the LBGT community to have a gay pride parade or okay. an LBGT pride parade. And some of the quotes in there are, are, are cringeworthy, uh, talking about, um, you know, there has to be a line somewhere and oh. there are some things that, you know, this, this town's very welcoming, but you have to have a line somewhere. Um, so I would tweet against some things like that and say, sure. this doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, this is absurd. Or, and people said, well, why, you know, why are you getting into politics? And I said, Human rights is not politics, right? It it that's that's not pol- that's not political. You know, tax rate, um, that's political. You know, what yeah. do you want to use your money to build a school? Do you want to use it to build a hurricane barrier? You know, that's you know we can have that discussion. Whether a gay person should have a right is equal to someone else. That's not really political. That's that's human rights. Yeah, that's civil rights. Here, I would say it's the same thing. I don't think it's political. You know, wanting to go to school and being protected. Sure. That's not now. We might again, just like you could say, gay rights is political, and feeling safe in a school is political. It's really not. It's the it's the right to pursue happiness, sure. to feel safe. So I think while some people politicize it, which we can get into in terms of right. my Twitter thing right here, I don't think it should be a political uh, fight. I don't think we've kind of discussed their movement. And I don't think we've gotten to politics. And I have a tweet right here that says, uh, you know, we we. Brought up the Leslie Nope tweet and right. Amy Poehler. Uh, I I don't think she has Twitter, but she responded at least according to this. Yeah, via uh, like one of the show's producers. She or said something. "f off." Nick Offerman uh, tweeted "eat poo." We'll say, but he didn't sure. say poo. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, Adam Scott said, "Stay the right. f away." To me, that doesn't add any any context to anything. It doesn't help the discussion. It only right. heightens it. And as I kind of said before. If you have two sides to this discussion, right. you're just building brick walls. You're escalating the conversation. Rather than getting closer and building a bridge, you're just building walls. And I think that's where the politicization of this comes from. You're basically stepping into the NRA's trap, so to speak, because there are many, 97% of Americans, according to the Quinnipiac poll that mm-hmm. I think I tweeted out, believe in background checks. Right. Three percent of Americans don't make up the NRA. You know what I mean? Right. There, there are. I'm assuming NRA members in that number. Republicans the, support sure. background checks. Background yeah. checks. Yeah. So I don't know if it's. Nec- it might be political because you can make it political, but it's also just a human rights. Sure. Thing I, for and, me, and I think there's Living. a. And I definitely. I would say the basis of it is in human rights. And I think at, at the elementary level, or at least like the basic human level, we are most concerned about the fact that kids are going to school. And like, I, I don't know about you, but I definitely had lockdown drills when I was in elementary school. I'm sure you did as well. We didn't know that was... Really? That, we, we had a, a... we There was a school day where we didn't have to go because someone threatened to shoot the school. Okay. Um, shoot up the school. And then uh, we, for like the, the week we had metal detectors and you know police okay but we never practiced okay interesting so that was 2005 okay so my wow even in like yeah 
at my elementary school, we had lockdown drills, and that was definitely. But maybe elementary school different than high school, middle school, whatever. But um, so I think yes, at the basic element, it's definitely a human rights issue that these kids are going to school and having to worry about a gunman come in. But I, I think part of what you just discussed was of building the brick walls on both sides, right? Part of that's just through people like Nick Offerman saying, like sort of trolling the NRA on Twitter. But I think additionally, the the same people who are going about it in a very fact-based way, challenging Marco Rubio for taking donations from the NRA and being light on the fact that um, the legislation that the NRA pushes is actually guiding a lot of gun control uh, related issues in politics, but do you do you think that going about it with facts is building less of a wall than just like slandering the NRA on Twitter? You know, does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because a lot of the wall is being built by social media, right? So as, as much as we praise, you know, this, it's it's so funny because it's almost you know with great power comes great responsibility for sure. Yeah, and you have is. this. It's it basically gives everyone a megaphone, which yeah. the greatest aspect, the most powerful weapon we have is our free, our speech, yeah. our ideas, yeah. our thoughts. And now everyone has a megaphone to express their thoughts. Right. And in, in my you know discussion that I had uh, on Twitter, it, it doesn't just necessarily mean good ideas. Like, I think I tweeted, you know, for better or for worse, Jesus and Osama bin Laden's ideals are still being spread. Right. Those. So you know, it's not you know necessarily just okay. Twitter is only good for good ideas. It can promote. It's for, yeah, it's, it's for all for ideas. Bad ideas. So Henry, <laughs> the Tide Pod Challenge was probably birthed on Twitter. So <laughs> it's you know it's that responsibility. I think you. Ha- it shouldn't be a screaming match though. But yeah, it sh- it certainly shouldn't be. I think throughout human history, we've discovered that screaming matches don't yield absolutely any results. However, that has not been to the detriment of people hosting screaming I think, matches. So one of the aspects we got into, so someone presents a, it's so incredible. And I, I know I, I can't remember the exact phrase, but you know, one of the, the teenagers from uh, Parkland was, I think on CNN and they were asked mm-hmm. to answer a question regard to people who think they're, they're paid actors. Right. So let's just say a brick has been built, p- yeah, put a, down yeah, in terms of laid. you're an, you're an actor. And how he responded was, well, if they saw me in the play Pippin, they would know I have no acting skills. <laughs> and that's exactly, you know, you don't have to put your brick in and then to continue to build on right. that. It's almost, I think, as Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Yeah. It's one of those aspects where just because somebody's building their wall doesn't mean you have to continue and build your wall. You sure. can diffuse it a little bit and be like, well, you know what? Like, yeah. not, not that he didn't acknowledge it. Right. He didn't, you know... But he, in his own way, said, come on. But in a fun right. way, which, you know, deactivated everything. And again, that's a high schooler. Our yeah. older adults should be able to diffuse the same things and know when to acknowledge someone with a credible... Right. Like Marco Rubio listened to these these teenagers and right. they listened to him because it's two people with... You don't have to, you don't have to respond to every troll. You don't have to listen right. to every... Well, and so let me let me ask this question. Mo- moving forward, and especially as journalists, part of our job is to be able to sort through, I mean, sort through the garbage and sort through the gold, right? How do we, as not only journalists but as a population at large, I feel like you're just interviewing me. You know I know. I mean? okay. Well, you're I, you're on a roll today, man. You're you're doing. You're still getting acclimated to the water. I feel like. 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's like uh, I'm playing checkers. You're playing chess right now. You, you, you're talking oh, I points. It. Here. Yeah, but so how do we, how do we as a culture differentiate and raise the voices of that are actually speaking about things that are applicable? And how do we decipher between the trolls and, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the question of, and I think that's the biggest question Twitter has to answer and they're trying to, right? I mean, they've started to deactivate accounts. You, I think it was like two weeks ago where they had that big essentially cleanse, but it's just because you get rid of negative voices doesn't mean you've completely clean, not to drain the swamp, if you will, to use a Donald Trump reference. But how how do we as a as a culture sort of build up these positive voices while not building bricks on the other side? You know, I think you just, and I'd be curious to see what you what kind of your belief in this. But I think it's half conversations. Right. It's to use your most powerful weapon, which is speech. Yeah. And, but, I think one of the most powerful weapons too is is your ears and listening. Right. right. Like it's it's. It's powerful because you can listen, because you can take in ideas. And just because I think Neil Tyson, uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson, Tyson had a great point. They asked him, you know, are you a Democrat or Republican, an atheist? You know what? Sure. And he said, there's no reason to label myself because once I label myself, I become lazy because, well, that's my idea. Well, I'm a Democrat, right. so I believe this. Well, I'm a Republican, so I believe this. Don't label yourself. Don't label yourself an independent. You're, you're nothing. You're a right. listener and a speaker, and you take your ideas and then morph it from there because I think there's, you know, walls are set up by just saying, well, I'm a conservative. Well, I'm a right. liberal. Well, then if you want to challenge your own belief, people don't like doing that no. because you're like, well, then then at some point in time, maybe I was wrong and people really don't like being wrong. Right. So then you question whether you should question yourself and then that's when you build a wall. Well, and So your, you shouldn't build a wall within yourself. No, and to, and to your point, I mean, we've sort of built, gun control is a really great microcosm of, these walls that we have built via our political party affiliations because you you can look at gun control and you can look at abortion rights and they're the exact same boogeyman figures for the opposing side like there's absolutely no for i would say those are the most two defining stances of republicans and democrats you are if you're a republican you're generally speaking uh pro-life if you're a Democrat, you're anti-gun in some facet. And I think we've allowed these things to become so politicized that these conversations almost always become screaming matches. I don't know if it's I, I don't know if this is the reason why, but I would guess that it's they're tough. And no yeah. one knows the exact answer. And they need to be discussed. However, there are some people that believe no guns are correct. And there are some people that believe all guns are correct. Right. And, there's, and those there's people, gotta be a middle ground. those people are so sure about themselves. You know what I mean? Right. That they're screaming the loudest and they're building their walls because no guns are the right answer. All guns are the right answer. So right. people in the, in the middle who don't know the answer, well, they're not going to scream on Twitter. I don't know the right. answer. I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, so that, that, that isn't, that isn't publicized. That right. isn't thrown out there. So we just get this appearance that everyone hates guns and everyone loves guns, and then you have people like the NRA saying, "See, everyone hates guns." Right. It, it becomes and it a, spreads that narrative, even though the people, the, the the large percentage of Americans, I don't think believe that there should be no guns in the country. Right. And 
I, I think we we've sort of as a people and Twitter Twitter is doing a, a decent job of breaking this down. But for a long time, as Americans, we've allowed these big organizations or companies to sort of decide what we believe. Like we we've let the NRA decide our stance, and the NRA is sort of like the end all be all of if you're pro gun, this is your belief. And I think I. At the risk of sounding too optimistic, which is off <laughs> off brand for myself, I I do think this conversation around it is opening up a bit of a bit more thoughtful and narrow dialogue of maybe like that we can reach a middle ground because these kids who have witnessed this are speaking up and you talked a lot about uh, being able to see and hear it right with the the video um, and yeah. how that might that might be changing some people's perspectives on it because you can, if you can witness something like that and talk to people who have witnessed it, maybe that'll open your mind up a little bit. And I think it's a long, so there, there are many long roads, you know? So as I said, you know, we as people control our politicians, right? You know, we, they, they need to answer to us. However, I could see many people in Florida. I thought about this, for example. So if they don't, agree with Marco Rubio, then vote him out. Whether right. they, and if they do, then vote him back in. Right. However, since there are so many quote polarized issues, they may say, okay, I, you know, disagree with him on this gun issue, but on this tax issue, I, and right. then therefore they just elect him in again. And I think that's another long road issue is you may have to focus in on one point. If that's the Right. The political point right now, and right. that's going to get a, that. You need to make sure the politicians get your attention. Right in Massachusetts, right. You know, how is a Republican going to beat Elizabeth Warren or Ed Markey? It seems really, really crazy. But you know, maybe you you get on one point that the public disagrees with them on. They right. realize, hey, I got I lost mm-hmm. in this state because of this issue, and it begins another long journey of politicians being like. Hey, I need to listen to my constituency, right. and then they maybe come back into the middle too, right? Which again is a long, long journey. It's a long. I journey. don't think you know one election is going to make politicians no. listen to to the constituency, which is kind of crazy. But do you know what I mean there? No, Where I do. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I I just think it's it's one of these. These are all such big picture thinking ideals. Of it really is. We're we're sort of seeing that the political system we find ourselves in in which there's sort of a lack of collaboration between politician and public it it needs a revamping but uh, to your point i do think with the activation of america's political consciousness with maybe events like this or with the election of donald trump maybe that will be changing um it should be interesting to see how both parties react to that though right because for a long time i don't think gun control on the right has been something they've had to be worried about because as a party republicans have generally just been steadfast in saying yeah like we don't want gun control like we're pro-gun we're pro-second amendment but i've heard a lot of talking points about this may be an issue that republicans specifically moderate republicans come the 2020 midterms where it's going to be close races in a lot of states are they going to have to change their viewpoints on this 
And then also, how does the NRA come into effect on that? Because there are, I mean, it, it's no secret that a lot of GOP candidates take NRA funding. I think it goes back to why are they nervous? Why are they fearful? Right. Because people are voting. Right. So I, to me, again, it, it goes, and that's, and how are people heard? They're heard in the ballot box, which is number one. Right. But why is there this, where does this the fear come from? A lot of it's social media because people yeah. are talking yeah. on social media. They're hearing what people are saying through social media. It's it's so much easier to at Elizabeth Warren than right. okay, what's her number? What's her office call. number? Right. I need to call and and so I, I do. I think it's a it's a it's a streamlined, it's a 2018 form of of democracy right. where I can tell you what I'm thinking right now. And the politicians have to understand too that. You don't have to listen to all the trolls. Right. There's a, there's a level of curation. You shouldn't have to be spoon-fed easy information as a politician. You, you right. should have to deal with the difficult talking points because that's what you're voted into office for. Marco Rubio should listen to the people, the teenagers he spoke to, not Nick Offerman telling him to exactly. F off I mean, these are the whatever. Right. It's inter- I mean, it's interesting. I was thinking about this on my way in this morning. With these generation of kids and well our generation um we have ideas and we're sharing them via twitter or we're we're activating in terms of protests and in terms of gatherings like pride parades things of this nature i really do think there's a there's a big divide that is about to really come to the head between baby boomers and the next gen like millennials or whatever you want to call it but it almost seems as if it's manifesting itself in this gun control issue. Like gun control and abortion rights are the the baby boomers' last stand, if you will, where they're understanding that their time at the top and influencing politics and things like that are coming to an end, but they want they want to at least leave a lasting impression on a few things. And it seems as if, I mean, the NRA chant. So I was listening to the 538 podcast this morning and they were talking about how around 1980, the NRA became more politicized and less of like a sportsman's type group around the election of Ronald Reagan. Right. So it seemed if you look on, I mean, Ronald Reagan is very much like, a good indicator or representation of that generation we're speaking about right now. And it seems as if his ideas, the law and order, um, more rigid, like things of that nature are really going to be where they put their foot down and say, this is going to be our lasting legacy. Well, I, I think when you, when you look, um, you talked about, you know, the, the dichotomy of yeah. the younger and older generations. I think when you see on Twitter uh, and there, I guarantee there's going to be people who's to you know listen to this podcast and say, well, you know, gun control isn't a human right or something. Where I was saying, you know, right. the, but that's what this the younger generation is a generation. Some of my friends and I don't want to label the entire generation, but right. my, my friends and I have talked about this. Where more than likely we were some of the first people to ever that our parents told us just go follow your dream. Yeah. Don't don't you know. My, my, you know, my parents, uh, they, they, their focus was to make money so I could have a good right. life. Right. But it was to, to, and then my parents said to me, follow your dream, do what you want. 
right. and then you'll never work a day in your life. It was to to be happy. It was to chase happiness right. rather than dollars. Right. So you look at the older generations, and a lot of times, the end all be all was was money. And you read right. now these stories of companies don't know how to deal with millennials because money doesn't matter. Right. I have never. I've been working eight years now, and I've never made a decision. In terms for of money. financial benefit, I yeah. actually came back to I came to the Standard Times and took a pay cut. Right, it, and that never crossed. It, it never was on the line of okay, it was. Am I happy? Am I not? Do I want to be close to my family? Do I want to continue this? It was, right. and that's different. Now I don't know what that, and I don't know what that means for future generations. <laughs> but you look at social media; no millennial or young person is tweeting about. And sure, they deal with the tax rates and such when right. that came. But really, there's not a whole lot of you know younger economists on Twitter talking about that. It's right. about LBGT rights. It's about, you know, yeah. it, it's different than, I forgot what election it was, but I think it was when they looked at Bush and said, it's the economy, stupid. Oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. Th- my friends and I talk about a lot of things. We have a little email and I call it the book club. Mm-hmm. We never talk about taxes or yeah, it's I'm never going to be rich. Things. I know, like I know, yeah. like, I'm just that's not going to be me. It's a shame. I'm I'm, not I be know I'm either. not going to be there. I'm never going to have a lot of money. I'm okay with it. I've. <sighs> if anyone wants to send me a pair of Air Jordan 12s, just, I can't. I have a them, pair so. of Air Jordan 12s. Oh, flu game. You got the. <sighs> I have I have a vast collection of Air Jordans. It shows the different different tax brackets we're in. <laughs> well, I lived in Mississippi for. <laughs> A little oh, bit. So point. the the fair housing point. was down. It was cheap. There. Uh, the cheap, yeah, actually, it's cheap it was there. cheap there. So I had a lot more expendable. A lot more ducats. I haven't to bought. Play with. I haven't. No, I bought one pair of Jordans. Yeah, uh, I was since being back. I was looking. I showed them to my roommate, and he was like, "Those are some expensive shoes." And I was just like, "All right." They were the Cherry Thirteens. Ooh, my first pair of Jordans, the kid, the Cherry Thirteens. Whoa! I was I was looking at some nines. They were. Uh, wow, we have we have completely dovetailed into a, a different different podcast. But what were they? They were the. Uh, there were some nine. They were at uh, the sneakers, sneaker junkies in Providence. I can't remember which ones they were. I'd never Ooh, seen them go before. There. Yeah, they got some, they got some stuff. I'm a size size twelve. Anyone got an extra pair? Uh, cool gray Elevens, perhaps. Don't send them to the Standard Times. Cool gray Elevens or yeah. cool gray Twelves. No, it's the the Elevens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, the Twelves. Oh no, the Elevens. I guess the sp- con- the Concords are the Elevens too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's the a cool gray Eleven. Eighty two and. No, the 80 and, 80 and 10? No, 82 and 10. No, 72 and 10. 11s? 11s yeah. I should wear those one time for you, too. Yeah, you should just break them out. The 11, 12, 13s are my, like, those are my, and 14, oh, 14s. I love the 14s. Mike's just flexing on me so hard right now. No, you've, you've like, tapped into a, we've so gone off. We're now swimming in a different body of this water is a entirely. This is a different podcast entirely. What a quick, abrupt yeah, what a terrible end to this podcast. We do not have a clean cut to this podcast. Oh, well, it just shows the mind of the younger generation, I guess. Yeah. The baby On bo- to the next one. The baby boomers are going to point to this and be like, see, these kids can't stay focused on one thing. It's true. What, what, what will we be talking about? <laughs> we we're talking about sustaining movements. We can't even sustain 45 minutes of the No, we topic. can't sustain. It's been under 40 minutes, and we couldn't even we couldn't even wrap cleanly before we started talking about Jordans. As Jay-Z said, on to the next one. On to the next one. Well, um, we've lost all momentum. We've lost all. I forgot what we were talking about. Social media. Well, no, I know we were talking about. What was our what was our last talking point? Well, it just we were talking about finances, right? How the younger generation. How for me, example, being gotcha. in a younger generation, I don't I, money okay. isn't the last thing I I care about because right. So I, I think one point I want to make before we wrap up here and totally just 
talk about Jordans for the rest of the day. It, it seems as if the younger generation is sort of – I in my first journalism class I took it at Flagler College, um, one of the first – it was like a, like a tester assignment and like a basic journalism class. And we – spoke to two people that were involved in different churches around St. Augustine and we were talking about gay rights and my professor, Dr. Sarkio, uh, billed gay rights as the civil rights movement of our generation. And I don't know if necessarily that's going to come to fruition and be what our generation decides is the most important movement. But I think right now what we're seeing is through social media and activism of younger folks, our generation is deciding what movements they hold closest to them and what we want to see happen once we come into power. And I think it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years what people get behind. And maybe it started. I'm going to, you know, I, I, and I, I would think maybe that's a different, you know, another, another young generation thing is I don't think uh, regarding social (laughs) media, I don't think they're picking one. It doesn't seem like there's, there's, okay, we're just going to back. This, like yeah. when you look at, you know, Black Lives Matter right. and uh, mass incarceration, right. it, um, gay it, rights, trans rights, LGBT. And it doesn't even have to be that, like marijuana. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, this yeah. heavy marijuana is going to be legal. Yeah. Uh, is legal in Massachusetts, but I was going to say it's going to be legal nationally. It's in our lifetime. It's going to have. Yeah. It, it seems. Yeah, like you said, rather than one activist body in which which I, I will say I think often is to the detriment of some of these movements, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be one idea or one notion. It can be multiple where there's just very concise activist groups working on one issue at a time. I think that has to do with social media, though. Because, I do. you know, if there's, again, if the message, no, I, yeah, the I message spreads right. yeah, yeah. because uh, what we talked about, in Parkland, their voices maybe don't the, the voices will be national for a couple of days. They would get on the Today right. Show or you know NBC Nightly. I'm honestly shocked at how how they've remained this national for so long. Right, it's you hear all these causes and people think, hey, that's a good cause or that's so. Right, and and you're right. You're probably right. It spreads you thin. It's a little yeah. I think often some people are spread too thin, but you do have these active groups who are pushing for it. it all costs, but I'm I, I'm just concerned that maybe as a generation, when we look back, we'll say, okay, maybe if we would have approached our poli- the politicians that felt the politicians that could have helped in this one particular issue, did we throw too many activist groups at them? Did were we not concise enough in saying we want gun control now? We'll work towards something else later. I think that'll be interesting to look look for. Um, as the passing of the torch happens from... I think at the end of the day, though, whether... I mean, we can... And by we, I mean younger generations can march for anything we want and and do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if the bigger issue is if the country doesn't vote, it's not going to matter. Right. Because the only reason why a politician does something is, one, they might think that it's the right... Well, they probably think it's the right thing because that's their job is to determine whether it's the right thing or not. Right. But the reason they want to, that's their job. They want to continue their job. They no one wants to get fired and we are the boss Yeah, we're we're sitting in that town hall. It looks like Marco Rubio 
is the boss. No, it's right. We, yeah, he's on he stage. Can't fi- the yeah, we on would him. fire him. Right. Well, the, in the public would fire him. Right. We could fire Elizabeth Warren. We could fire Charlie right. Baker. It. We are the boss every, every couple of years. <laughs> right, and they we, so, you know, they go in for their their review. Yeah, and they're just getting stamp of approval. So if you don't like it, go out you and can vote. Do, and well, and that's not to not to advocate for any one cause, but to the people who are fighting for gun rights. I mean, NRA, NRA folks and gun rights activists who are pro-Second Amendment vote, turns out. I mean, you look at the numbers. These these are the people who go out and vote during midterms, who go out and vote during special elections. I mean, young people, if you want to see change that you're promoting via Twitter, you can't just tweet about it. you got to vote as well. And that's the other aspect of social media is the Twitter tough guy. Right. You know, the person who – the the great meme is – uh, what you look like on Twitter and then what you look like right. there's like the lion right. and the kitten. Right. Yeah, you you can't be a social media. You can't only be a social like media ar- activist. Yeah, exactly. Like the armchair activist type thing. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to see. I, I, have, I still have my reservations certainly about the benefit of social media, whether it actually um, – I think often, more often than not, social media activism will not translate to real life activism. In my in my opinion, no, I, I solely it won't. No, yeah, solely. But there need, yeah, you need to, you need to put it in. I, well, I think it does, be, well, solely. But you look at as we talked I think about the NRA. The I NRA think, does it social media wise. They have their you know their their following on social media. But right. as you said, they go out and vote. They go out and do these exactly. Things. And I think, but I I think what. What I'm concerned about is I don't think once these it, so just based off precedent, right? Generally speaking, once these issues die down from the popularity of the moment and the voices stop getting put on Ellen, they stop getting onto these big media shows. Often, people's people go to the next thing. But I think there lies the issue where social media getting awareness, right? The point of awareness is to spread the word to other people. Sure. Thinking, wow, that's not right. Right. Correct? Yeah, yeah. So from there, how do we change it? You vote. So No, we're on the right, same page. Right. On no, that. no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just kind of laying it out there in terms of the act of protesting and whatever right. is to change legislation, is to change right. how things work. The politicians change how things work. They're not going to do it just because you're protesting. They're going to do it in terms of they need to change their mind. Right. Because clearly something is is wrong. So in order to change their mind, they have to be fearful that they're going to get voted out. Right. They're not just going to change it because – or they might change it because they think it's a a good thing. But the reason why they would think that is because a lot of people – Otherwise, thank right, uh, and I agree with you a hundred percent of what you just said. My concern is just, generally speaking, based on precedent, we have not seen that come to fruition. I would love to see that come to fruition in this political engagement turnout at the polls. I don't think. Well, I would disagree. Which in lies our optimism, pessimism. But no, I, I think you'd have to. I mean, as we talked about, you know, the gay rights movement, the civil right. rights movement, we've seen move. We've seen movements there. Right. Not perfect in either category, but there has been change. Sure. So 
why can't more change come in different categories? I think change can come. I just, I, I think this is where once again, we get into the quickness of it. Like, I don't think in 2020, we're going to see a map. And I, I could, I could be wrong. I could 110% be wrong, but just my, my take at the moment is I'd be really curious to see if the numbers from last midterms to 2020 midterms are changed all that much we'll in see. terms of participation. I think we'll see. We'll see. We will. And we <laughs> we stayed on topic for 95% of that. 95%. There was a good like two, three minutes for all you sneaker heads out there. That well, there were some sneaker heads and there were some crazy water analogies that we still. Oh, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, once again, as always, if you guys uh, have opinions on any of these things, uh, let us know via Twitter. Mike, uh, let the people know where you're at. At Mike B. Bonner, SCT. If you're a troll, I'm not responding. Or if you DM him. His DMs are not open, apparently. What a jerk, man. My DMs are open, but you guys don't follow me, so that's okay. At Pinned by Montana on Twitter. Um do we we probably didn't really cite any specific links, so you're gonna have a no. link free week. Sorry guys for all of our reading list fans. Maybe we'll throw in a few. The town hall. Yeah, we can throw in some yeah, we'll we'll find some links. Michael Michael copy some links. <laughs> oh man. Alright. This has been the bubble, episode six point five. Uh we hope you'll have us back. 